0: Hello everyone, I'm Lydia. And I'm Sara. And this is Hitchcock Happy Hour,
1: where we analyze a film by the master of suspense himself,
0: one Hitchcock tale
1: at a time. Cheers! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hitchcock Happy Hour. We are super excited today. This episode is a long time coming. Um, (laughs) It's one of our favorite movies because it's just so weird. So we're going to be discussing... What are we going to be discussing, Lydia? Oh,
0: my God, I'm so glad you asked because it is The Trouble with Harry.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, this movie is so great. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm so excited about it, but... Before we get into the discussion, Lydia, what are we drinking today?
0: Well, thank you so much, Sarah, because I don't know why I keep saying that, but I'm just very gracious today. I
1: I appreciate that. (laughs)
0: Today we're drinking an anyberry shrub, (laughs) which is a recipe that Sarah found on Bon Appetit, and it is delicious. Um, It's very
1: good. How did you make yours? So what I did was... um, I muddled some blackberry, and instead of, I think the recipe calls for like just granulated sugar, but I actually, instead of doing that, I had some rose simple syrup. Ooh. So I just kind of added that to it instead, and um, the recipe also calls for apple cider vinegar. It calls for a lot of apple cider vinegar, yeah. which... I have this like PTSD, I don't know if you have a similar PTSD of our roommate in college forcing <laughs> us to take shots of apple cider vinegar in the morning, so I, um, I'm i not a huge fan, but so I just like added like a very small amount, and I think what it does is it cuts the sweetness it of the drink, and it's, it's really good if you do the right amount, and then I let that, well I just, I uh, muddled the berries, added the simple syrup, I let that sit for a couple hours, and then I added um the apple cider vinegar and um put it in the glass added one shot of gin and then topped it off with a little club soda and a couple of blackberries ooh really yeah, oh she i know right it was it was so good but how did you make yours well yeah so <laughs> <laughs> this was this
0: should have been a straightforward recipe but i'm really bad at following directions
1: <laughs> can't so. confirm.
0: Um, so I decided to do like a blackberry and bay leaf Ooh, one, which that's it. fun. I don't know if you've ever smelled the Joe Malone perfume. The blackberry and bay—it's like my favorite thing ever. Oh so my I was god! Like, yes, this is an homage to that. Yeah, that's like your scent. Too. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's one of my scents, and it just feels like very summery to me. Um, also, I just realized we didn't even tell you what a shrub is. Like, I don't know if people <laughs> don't know what that is. Like, it's not like a low bush or like small tree. <laughs> <laughs> like. Obviously. <laughs> but it's like a vinegar and sugar and then you can do like berries or some other type of
1: interesting oh, thing. But it's you don't, oh, like, People don't know what a shrub is. Well, That's I don't know. weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to assume. <laughs> Well, thank you for clarifying that in case somebody thought we were outside just, like, hacking down bushes. To, like, I just, like,
0: this like I just put a little pine branch in here. It's just, like, super tasty, a little sit you know? action. <laughs> it has been done, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, so uh, learn from my mistake. Don't use an immersion blender because you think you're making things faster or easier. Like... It will turn into a smoothie. It's still good, but I feel like this is a vinaigrette now. Like, this isn't, like, a shrub.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely went the muddling out. route because I was forewarned by you not to do <laughs> the immersion blender. Yeah,
0: and then I um, would say definitely, if you can, let it sit overnight, too, because I made mine yesterday, and it is much better today. Steven had a sip yesterday and was like, ah, vinegar. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have this, like, aversion to apple cider vinegar because uh, Lydia and I had a roommate in college who would just, like, follow us around our house and force apple cider vinegar shots down our throat to, like, keep us healthy, so. It it came from a place of love. It did, it did, it did. Um, It was, like, that or echinacea. I was going to say, the echinacea was so much worse. I, like, I actually really
0: like vinegar, so I'm like, I would so much rather
1: do this. Well, I, one time I took an apple cider vinegar shot in the morning before I'd eaten anything. And I literally was out for the entire day. Like I could not move. So I'm like, I have a little bit of like PTSD from that moment, which was really bad mistake. But, um, yeah, I just did a little bit in my drink and it actually really helped to cut down the, um, like the sweetness of the drink. So it's super good, super summery. And kind of a weird, quirky drink for a weird, quirky movie. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, and I love it, too, because you can make it, like, non-alcoholic, which is what I did, because... I made a couple drink videos earlier for her Instagram, and I drank them, so um, I decided to be responsible and not wreck myself on a
1: Sunday. I, I appreciate that. I have not had anything to drink for, like, a very long time, so I'm treating myself today.
0: Good for you. I was thinking, Thank though, you. after watching the movie again last night, that it would have been fun to do, like, a blueberry version, even though I hate blueberries, just oh, because
1: yeah. of the Highland blueberry oh, moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. We totally... Left that was a very missed opportunity on our part I just really hate blueberries. Blue- and I the, like you do, you do hate blueberries. I just feel blueberry like I, muffins. The blueberry muffins and coffee are. I whatever. just feel like you would make it
0: like a potentially weird color. Cause I feel like blueberries, unless they're like yeah. cooked, are never as blue as you think they are. They're kind no. of just like mush, squishy. <laughs> I,
1: I think that would, the
0: drink would be, like, gray or if something. it be kind
1: of, like, clear.
0: <laughs> Everyone would be like, what? And it, it's not, like, super flavorful either, I feel like, unless they're... Yeah. Oh, my God, what if it's a huckleberry, though?
1: I feel like that's... Or a um an Oregon Marionberry perhaps? Uh, oh, a Marionberry, say... Should we uh should we call our berry broker friends? We know people.
0: We know people. We're both from Oregon and this one time we were talking about all the ridiculous jobs that you can have or like just very thing like very Oregon things that you wouldn't find other places. One of Sara's dear family friends' father is a he's like literally He's like a berry, a berry broker. broker. And then I knew someone in high school who, it turned out, her family were hazelnut
1: tycoons. (laughs) She was like the hazelnut heiress of the Pacific Northwest. Literally. And
0: like, you would never know. She was very unassuming. And it came up one time and everyone looked at me like, oh, you didn't know? And I was like, no. (laughs)
1: I'm like, what is happening? She's like, move over, Rockefeller. (laughs) She's like, Noisette. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so great. But yeah, so um, this drink is, it's super fun, super quirky. Um, we didn't find it on Wikipedia for the first time. I <laughs> actually we found this. This is a Bon Appetit targeted ad, and I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty <laughs> happy have about been it. hashtag influenced. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Um, speaking of Instagram, though, if you uh, haven't. Liked or followed, or whatever, followed us on Instagram, please do that because we post kind of like updates and drink recipes and little sneak peeks of our episodes there, and we try to make them fun and funny for everybody. So if you want to give us a like or a follow, we would super appreciate it. Sorry to be those people that ask for that, but here we are. No I'm not sh- sorry no <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> But anyway, so um, yeah, today we're gonna be talking about the trouble with Harry, and uh, let's let's talk about it. This Should we movie jump is, in? Yeah, this, this movie, is great. movie is, like
0: delightfully quirky. Also, this is gonna be kind of a wild ride because I just dumped a bunch of information and then like lightly organized it. So like, we'll see where this goes. <laughs>
1: Sounds about right. Sounds about right. All
0: right. Well, let's dive in, shall we? <laughs> yes, we shall. <laughs> Amazing.
1: All right. So, the
0: trouble with Harry is in 1955 American Technicolor. It's a very dark comedy they call it a black yeah. comedy like it, this humor is
1: like very dark and weird oh it and is I, it is morbid it's perfect it's morbid humor yeah it is it definitely is
0: the screenplay for this film was done by john michael hayes and was based on the 1950 novel by jack trevor um yep story oh that's his last name i'm so sorry i thought it was saying it was a jack trevor story and then i got confused anyways apparently its name is jack trevor story Oh, that's really misleading. (laughs) Yeah, I got confused and then I got weirded out. Sorry. (laughs) But it stars our friend Edmund Gwen, which I was having like the weirdest... Okay, so he plays... Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th Cri- Chris, Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle. Yeah. And I was the yeah. whole movie. I was like, he's so familiar.
1: <laughs> well, there's a couple of other familiar people oh, in this movie as we'll, well. We'll get
0: into it. So it has John Forsythe, Mildred Natwick, Jerry Mathers, and then Shirley MacLaine. This is her yep. debut film, and we love yes. her. So it was released in September of 1955 and then it was re-released in one in 1984. It's considered one of the five lost Hitchcocks along with Vertigo, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Rope and Rear Window. Um this is one of Hitchcock's favorite films. Um oh, okay. <laughs> so there you go. He really loved this movie. We'll talk about kind of how it how it did, but um, okay. <laughs> uh hint hint it didn't do great (laughs) because it's pretty niche
1: which is really dumb because it's such a funny movie and it's like very not hitch like it's not what you would picture a Hitchcock movie to be like yeah but it kind of is at the same time I don't know I mean the way it's filmed it's not really like a Hitchcock movie but the like the subject matter is definitely like very Hitchcock yes and it's it's so I think it's like, flawless from start to finish, honestly. Yeah, it's it's a vibe for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and 100%. It
0: makes, it makes me really want to go to Vermont.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that's where it is. Fun fact, though, about... Um, was it John Forsyth or whatever, mm-hmm. the guy that plays Marlowe in the movie? He, um... I if whoever, if anybody out there is a fan of the original Charlie's Angels television show, yes. you will, you will recognize his voice. He's as, the narrator. He's Charlie. Yeah. Um, as soon as he spoke, I was like, Oh, that's, that's Charlie.
0: <laughs> like, that's hello amazing. angels.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. So the, yeah, the cast is really great. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just super weird. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: Super weird. It's such a weird one. Without further ado, like I'll just give a quick high level of the the like plot, how, <laughs> sorry, I'm a mess. And then we can jump into it. <laughs> so the action in The Trouble with Harry takes place during, it's basically just shot over the course of a day. It's just a single day. It's a lovely autumn day in Vermont on the countryside. Um, it's just this like idyllic fall foliage. Um, and then Bernard Herrmann did this like lovely, like very upbeat score um, and it's just, like, this very idyllic tone. But the story is about how the residents of a small Vermont village react when the dead body of a man named Harry is found on a hillside. The the film is, interestingly enough, not a murder mystery, but it's actually a light comedy drama with a touch of romance. <laughs>
1: yep. <Yeah. laughs> yep, that is true. I, I can confirm. Yeah. And before we move on, I actually I just pulled it up because I have to read this. It's like the the best one-line description of a movie I have ever read and it's like the IMDb Tell description me. of this movie and it's I don't know why, but I when I read this, I was cracking up. So how IMDb like is how their plot summary is for this movie. It says, "The trouble with Harry is that he is dead and while no one really minds, everyone feels responsible." <laughs>
0: No, I mean, that. that's literally perfection. I'm just going to yeah. stop there because I think we got it.
1: Yeah, that's that's literally what the movie is about. Everyone thinks that they killed him, but no one really cares at the same time. Exactly. It's, yeah, fantastic plot.
0: It's amazing. So this whole plot really focuses on four of the village residents who end up working together to kind of solve the problem of what to do with this body that they found. Um, and, and in the process, there ends up being like, Romance and friendship
1: so. I think that's a really good point you make that it's not that they're working together to solve the mystery of how he died it's to like just figure out how to like cover it up yeah right? they're know, literally they... like
0: we just want to move on with our lives we really just don't want to be inconvenienced by his
1: death <laughs> yeah that's really what it's about honestly uh, that's great I'm glad someone's finally saying that <laughs> yeah
0: no and I mean it um, all right. Well, I think that was kind of the high level snapshot, but, um, let me, we can, I think we can do the plot and then I have some fun, like background. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Let's break down, let's break down the plot. So this is, I love how they describe this. This is straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> the, the quirky but down to earth residents of fictional small hamlet of Highwater, Vermont, are faced with the freshly dead body of Harry Wolpe, who is played by <laughs> Philip Truex, who, who has inconveniently appeared on the hillside above the town.
1: <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true.
0: The problem of who the person is, who is responsible for his sudden death, and what should be done with the body is the trouble with Harry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those... Like, everyone in the town, when, like, they individually find him, everyone's just kind of like, oh, no. Yeah. And then, like, moves on. Well, <laughs> so, and let's just
0: set the scene because it is just so funny how they frame it. So, basically, yeah, it yeah. starts with Captain Wiles, who's played by our our Chris Kringle friend, Edmund Gwen. <laughs> it starts with him kind of getting ready for a hunt. Like, he's just... Mm-hmm shot at some things and is you know hoping that he finds something. Um yeah. but he f- he ends up discovering the body of Harry and thinks that he's killed him.
1: Cuz Harry has like some like because, a blood. Yeah, there's like, a little bit yeah. of
0: blood on his head and you know. Yeah. He just
1: you know, <laughs> he thinks that he shot him on accident. On accident in the head. And he was yeah. hunting for a rabbit.
0: Yeah. And so he's trying to figure out like what to do with the body and then all of a sudden all of these people from the town start coming through like it starts then we get introduced to the child of the film uh who then wanders up and finds the dead body and then runs back to his mom like everyone in the town is just like coming across the body and then kind of like leaving or just you
1: know like it's or it's not so even realizing funny. that he's there right like, one no. guy is
0: reading a book and like <laughs> literally trips over him and then keeps walking like
1: yeah it's so funny because they all individually, like, come across his body. But it's, like, he's really out of the way. Like, it's not somewhere where people would just be, like, no. walking through. But everyone just happens to be, like, on this hillside randomly. But not at the same time. Like, everybody's no. coming through. No, and no one's reaction is, like, what you would think no. would be a normal reaction. No, not reaction. at all. No. The uh. best was the guy reading the book. And he just trips over the body and gets up and keeps reading and just keeps walking. And um. Yeah, I think even the captain who thinks he's literally shot somebody to death, yeah. is just like, oh no. <laughs> and then kind of like hides so he can like wait for all these people to come by and then like try to do something with the yes. body. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, yeah.
0: It's perfection in how they film it. And again, it's just it's so dark and quirky and it's macabre. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just so fun to watch. So he ends up trying to move the body and is stumbled upon um, by the spinster of the town. um, And she has, like, the best line ever, where she's basically like, what's going on, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you have there?
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's just, like, trying to do something with this dead body. Like,
0: what seems to be the trouble, Captain, as he's, like, pulling this, like, dead body, like, into yeah. the
1: woods? <laughs> But then they proceed to, like, kind of flirt a little bit. And then they flirt. Yeah, there's, like, like a vibe.
0: Yeah, and he's like, you know, I'd really appreciate if you, like, didn't tell anyone. I'm pretty sure that I accidentally murdered him. But, like, you know, it was an accident, so maybe we could all just put this behind us. And she's like, yeah, sounds great. Actually, do you want to come over later for some muffins?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Highland blueberry muffins. Highland
0: blueberry muffins. So, I mean the next like 20 minutes is them basically trying to figure out what to do with, with this body as mm-hmm. more and more people from the town keep stumbling upon him at yeah. one point a bum steals his shoes off of his feet so then he's just sitting there in these like socks with like red toes and it's just <laughs> very very comedic
1: and then Marlo is like drawing him at one point because mm-hmm. he's like painting like or he's like an artist and he's drawing yeah. like, the hillside and so he like draws the body like as well and then Shirley McLean, who's the mother of the kid, they come back up and we find out that it's, um, like, her husband or something. And yeah. she's just kind of like, "Ah, oh, uh, finally. <laughs> like, she doesn't care at all.
0: Literally cannot be bothered.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> almost, actually, almost a little bit relieved, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And so what we discover is that essentially a lot of this like nonchalantness is because everyone is very concerned that they're actually the reason that they killed him. So Captain Wiles is pretty sure he killed him when he was hunting. And then Jennifer Rogers, who's Shirley McLean's character, um, who's his estranged wife, believes that she killed Harry because they had gotten into an altercation earlier and she hit him with a milk bottle. And then Miss Gravely, who's played by Mildred Natwick, um, and is the spinster of the town, is pretty certain that she killed him when she hit him with the metal end of her hiking boot.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only person who doesn't think that he killed him, but is like the first one to volunteer to like bury the body, is, is Sam, is Sam Marlowe. I think is his last yeah. name. Yeah. And uh, which makes him like really suspicious if you don't know what's obviously spoiler alert we're gonna like we're gonna tell you what happens at the end but when you're watching it for the first time you're like Sam is being like way too like ready to help such a weirdo (laughs) so Sam is like this
0: like weird nonconformist artist he's basically trying to make a living by selling his paintings at this like store, the Wiggins, like, country it's store. Like, it's like
1: a mon Pa, like, general yeah. store on the side of the road. Yeah.
0: And yeah. so, you know, he's trying to make this living doing this, so he ends up sketching um, Harry at one point, and runs into um, the captain, and ends up helping him bury the body. So, at various points <laughs> in the movie, I think they bury and unbury him, like, three times. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say, he gets buried and unburied a lot. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and so they're trying to figure out, again, like, who killed him, and then um, as kind of the romance develops, they realize, like, they actually need his body in order to um, allow Shirley McLean's character to get a divorce, um, since they're yeah. technically married.
1: <laughs> yeah, because her and Sam kind of fall in love and want to get married, but she's technically married, so if nobody knows he's dead, then she can't get married to Sam. <laughs> like, it's this whole thing. Yeah. And there's some interesting moments in this movie, and I'm not sure if you picked up on this, um, but... Basically, nobody knows who he is until Shirley MacLaine, like, we don't know who he is because nobody else knows who he is until Shirley MacLaine's character comes and is like, oh, my husband. But she doesn't tell anybody except for Sam, like, for a long time who he is. But throughout the movie, people start using his full name before they know who he is, which makes you think, like, oh, like, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, like, they do actually know him or someone's hiding something. But then it's just never explained. No.
0: (laughs) It's just never explained. Everybody knows that his name is Harry, but, like, nobody actually knows who he is.
1: (laughs) Right, right. And then, yeah, so it's really really an an interesting setup. And then, like, there's so many small details of, like, how the plot moves forward and, like, how we figure out what happens um, with Sam, like, drawing him. Like, that comes back later on, which I think is, like, a really interesting, like, plot point that they use. Yeah,
0: and throughout this they're really trying to avoid the detection of this dep- deputy sheriff Calvin Wiggs, who's married to the, the like general store owner. Um yeah. but he's just like this like humorless kind of like again way to make a
1: a cop who's just like an idiot. Um, yeah, classic classic hitchcock. Classic um, Hitchcock. But yeah. you know, they're really trying
0: to avoid detection by him. Um and so, you know, they come up with like, this, like great story. So
1: yeah. Um so we get yeah what happens what happens next in the movie like um, so we it's like a, the beginning of the movie the first 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. is just introducing us to all the characters um, as they find Harry and we get a sense of like everyone's personality actually yeah, which is really exactly. an interesting. Way. Well
0: and then we're starting to figure out that they think each of these characters then thinks that they're responsible for his death and that's why they're kind of trying to cover it up. Um, or they're like, you know, come clean about the fact that, oh, wait, actually, I did this thing, like, after you did that thing. And then they're like, oh, shit, so I didn't kill him. Um, so it's kind of funny. That's why they keep, like, unburying him and then reburying him. Cause, like The first time they they bury him, it's like, you know, the captain's just like, okay, we need to, like, you know, I, I just need to move on with my life. Like, I don't want this to affect me. Like, no one knows. No one seems to care. I think it's okay. And then he realizes that he can account for all of the bullets from shooting that day. So they dig him up to make sure there isn't, like, a bullet hole. And that's when they realize, like, there's some blunt force trauma to his head. Um. So I think they just leave him out, right?
1: Yeah, I think they leave him out for a while because they figure out that, all the bullets are accounted for because Shirley McLean's kid finds a dead rabbit that has been That's shot. right. So he, he is like, oh, I, he, they find out that he actually shot a rabbit, not like a person. Mm-hmm. And so they, they dig him up and they're like, okay, there's this blunt force trauma to his head, which is when Shirley MacLaine's character says like, oh, we got into a fight because he came back. And I yeah. like hit him on the head with a milk bottle. So then she's like, he probably stumbled into the woods and died. But then, but then we find
0: out. <laughs> so then they rebury him, and then they find yeah. out that the other woman, um, he after he had gotten like hit on the head by Shirley McLean, he was like very out of it, thinking that the spinster was. I don't know why I keep calling her that. That's so mean. But <laughs>
1: no, but that she is a spinster. Technically. But I mean,
0: that's literally what they call her. But Miss Gravely. Miss Gravely. Um, but like he thinks that Miss Gravely is his wife so he goes he kind of is like super out of it and like tries to pull her into a bush and like take her with him um and she like freaks out and fights back because she's like um no I'm not your wife and she hits him um and then thinks that she like kills him so then they take him out again to make sure (laughs) like it's it's
1: amazing quick tangent (laughs) because I think that we need to like reclaim the term spinster do you actually know what the etymology of spinster is no tell me okay i will because someone told me and i'm like wait we absolutely need to like reclaim this as women basically a spinster in like olden times was what they referred to as like independent career women who like worked and like made clothes and didn't get married so it's actually like a word to like so it's describe career women. Career women. Compliment. <laughs> it's actually a compliment. Yeah, Mrs. Gravely, a spinster, and that's great for you. So, quick tangent, but I feel like we need to reclaim that term. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
1: Oh I'm a spinster God. and proud of. It. <laughs> like...
0: I'm obsessed. Anyway. Well. Right. I'm so into yeah.
1: that. Um, yeah. Right. Anyway. Just that.
0: Thought... or yeah. life.
1: <laughs> spinster for life just it just means career woman <laughs> like that's literally all that it means
0: miss craigley is amazing also yeah um, i love her
1: um she's yeah. just
0: super dry like her yeah. her delivery of everything is just like
1: perfect yeah th- that's the other thing about like how like this movie wouldn't work without the the actors having the perfect like comedic timing yeah for how dry this movie is like super dry it's really dry, and if, if if you don't have the right actors to play these roles and, like, deliver these lines, it's either going to be kind of boring or just, like, really creepy. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, there are moments like, where it is, like, quite creepy. <laughs> it is, yeah. There are moments where it's quite creepy, but there's, like, always this overtone of just, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is so random. And so it just keeps it kind of light. Mm. But if you don't have the right actors to deliver these lines, and I think, like, obviously the biggest breakout star of all of them besides edward edmund gwen who's already famous is shirley MacLaine, and she kind of made her early career like she plays really dry dark comedy like that's her mm-hmm. kind of like what she made her career on like the apartment is kind of a similar like more depressing but similar kind of dark comedy and so she, she you just have to have these characters like these actors that play these characters that can just deliver those lines and we get all of them are perfect in this movie um
0: it's it's just amazing. Um, so, great. <laughs> so at the end of the film, it's after they've, like, gone through kind of this whole song and dance of, like, <laughs> burying him, reburying him, and, like, these different yeah. relationships are growing. So, um, yeah. Jennifer Rogers, who has the son, and Sam Marlowe have kind of f- fallen in love. Mm-hmm. And um, Captain Wiles and Miss Gravely have also, you know, started to, like, form this relationship. But yeah. the kind of the, the end of the
1: film is, like... Well, oh, wait, sorry. before we get to the end of the film, <laughs>
0: unrelated, I but I'm <laughs> so, so
1: sorry. No. no, we should totally jump ahead to the end because the rest of the movie is just them, like, trying to cover up this thing. But a random inter- intervening, like, moment in this movie is this random billionaire, like, drives through yes. and buys all of Sam's paintings well, for no reason. That's how it
0: ends, remember? Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: yeah, there's a, there's a billionaire who drives through, you can tell he's like very wealthy, um, and he stops by kind of the, like, I don't know what you want to call it, the like the stand to the side of the road where his paintings are displayed and you're like, this man's a genius, and Sam runs out as he's trying to give Miss Gravely a makeover, and the guy's like, excuse me, young man, and he's like, I don't have time, like, and the guy's like, okay, (laughs) Uh, so he he leaves, but then he comes back at the end because he's been so moved by Sam's paintings and feels like he's such a genius um, that he wants to buy all of them. And so the film ends on, on like, this really like sweet note because he's, instead of being paid whatever he wants, this guy was like, I'll literally pay you anything. I think that you're like an artistic genius. He goes around to each of the characters that we've gotten to know throughout the film and ask them what they want. So... It was pretty yeah. cute. Like Jennifer Rogers gets fresh strawberries mm-hmm. twice a month. Yeah. And it's great. the store owner gets a new cash register. Miss Gravely, what does she get? She gets like I a remember. she gets like a weird chest thing. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Captain Wild get? gets a new shotgun and yes. and like a new outfit.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yep, yep. The whole
0: Davy Crockett, I think is what he calls yep. it. And then at the <laughs> end, um, Sam asks, like whispers something in in the billionaire's ear, and we find out at the end that he asked for a double bed.
1: Yep, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> which is super Ooh. spicy.
0: Girl, get a queen. You could have gotten a yeah. California king.
1: This guy like, was ready to dish out. <laughs> I wonder if that was like even a thing though. But I don't it's think it time. was. They know. were like,
0: oh what you don't you don't have your separate twin beds. <laughs>
1: I know, I think that's such a big deal for them to like talk about getting a. That's why it's like, ooh, that's how it ends with them getting a double bed.
0: This movie was actually quite racy because I mean there's that which I think was kind of scandalous I thought he was going to ask for like an engagement ring because it's been that's what I
1: thought. So. that's what I thought too. Yeah. but
0: it was a little bit raunchier but he also um, Sam is pretty forward throughout the movie and like expresses that he wants to paint um, like a nude portrait of Miss Rogers and th- there's like quite a bit of stuff out there that I think at the time was very like risque <laughs>
1: yeah the movie could be
0: described as bohemian yeah. there's also I think a lot lot of double entendres or i just have a really dirty mind no
1: there there definitely is a lot of double entendres because hitchcock is like a like he does that a lot in north by northwest i think yeah he's a big fan
0: i was gonna say too like i think that there's some like or it's implied that like miss gravely and captain wiles hook up and that she's like i think a virgin
1: (laughs) yeah no definitely yeah And, yeah, I think Hitchcock, he, like, definitely utilizes that. I think they, in North by Northwest, and then I think we discussed a few of them mm. in To Catch a Thief as yeah. well, like the breast or leg thing. Like, he's a big <laughs> fan, and, or, like, the cat has a new kitten. Like Yeah. Yeah, he's a, Hitchcock definitely is a fan of um, sneaking in, like, raunchy thoughts into his movies, which I appreciate. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. So, so yeah, the movie ends on this sweet note, and um, – how does uh, how does Harry actually get killed? or well, how does he die? <laughs>
0: the best part is that after they've they've dug his body up for the final time because they realize they need it in order for Sam and um, Jennifer to get married. And so they clean him up in the bathtub. So he's in the bathtub as the sheriff is coming <laughs> and like trying to ask questions about it and they're like, keep trying to close the doors. like the son's like,. Mom! <laughs> Coming out. Um, and it turns out that he died of natural causes.
1: Yeah, they have a doctor like come by or something, and yeah, the doctor does like an autopsy, like a makeshift autopsy in the bathroom. and I don't think he really um, did an autopsy,
0: he just kind of looked at him. Yeah, he kind of looked bit. at him,
1: and they're and he was like, Oh, yeah, he had a seizure <laughs> or something yeah. like that. It's like, alright, cool. <laughs> like, and so everyone's just like, All right great (laughs) we we can move on now and like and uh, sam and jennifer can get married and that's all we really care about
0: (laughs) yeah so super funny movie sorry not the not the best plot description but it's kind of one of those weird ones where there's kind of a lot going on but it's also like there's so there's I mean the body's clearly the MacGuffin, so there's yeah 100%. there's just so many like little intricacies within that, but
1: yeah the ultimately... trouble that's that's the funny thing, and I think Hitchcock like we see him use that in so many different movies is that like literally the 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 title of the movie or like the purpose of the title of the movie or that's described in the title of the movie is not actually the important part of the movie. Like we saw that in The Lady Vanishes as well. And like the lady vanishes is like the old woman, and it's like the conspiracy and stuff. But that's literally not the imp- part, like the important part of the movie. And it's the same here, is that like Harry is just how all of these characters kind of like get together and meet. Like he's not really important, and that's kind of how it's reflected because it's like. Like, they don't care about him, so neither do we really. (laughs) Like, we're just kind of like, yeah, dig him up so Sam and Jennifer can get married. (laughs) Like, we don't really
0: care. And everyone just, like, talks shit about him, too. Like, Jennifer, like, is really not a fan. Like, Uh -uh. they were married in name only, but he basically stood her up on their wedding night, and so she's been kind of like, yeah, screw you ever since, and just, like, basically was like, okay, bye. And and so, you know, he's... Again, like even in death, he really doesn't even have like a personality. Everyone's just like he's just a body. Yeah, essentially.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, and he was kind of just a body when he was alive, from you know what <laughs> what we can tell, because our like our entire um, description of him and like what we know about him is just basically from Jennifer, because that's who you know no- actually knows him. She's the only one that actually knows him. And she kind of doesn't like. She kind of hates him. Also. She's kind of like yeah. he's kind of like an inconvenience in my life. She's like
0: honestly, it's better that he's dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and um, everyone else is kind of like yeah, agreed. Like, but this movie, like honestly, cannot recommend it enough. It's so good.
0: So good. Um, well, with that, should I jump into some of the like background and fun oh my facts? Goodness, yes. I feel like yes. this this movie is kind of like again. It's a pretty straightforward mm-hmm. point. It's just yeah. it gets there very slowly, but yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like interesting things that made this film what it is, and I almost think that that's 100%. kind of 100%. There's more meat to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. What no, to- I totally agree. Like it's kind of this convoluted plot, but like very straightforward actually once you like get to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so a little bit of background on this movie. This so I feel like every film there's kind of something that Alfred Hitchcock is trying to do. Um, In terms of like mixing it up and like, you know, challenging himself and challenging his audiences. So this film was really unique in that he was trying to see how audiences would react to a movie that basically isn't star driven at all. You have a couple faces like John Forsyth or, um, you know, Captain Wiles, who are like pretty well known actors, but they're not like true stars yeah. and this is Shirley MacLaine's first film so nobody <clears> knows <throat> her so yeah. there's really no star power in this movie which is something that he was actually going for. Um, he felt that a lot of times having that like big star attached to a movie actually hindered the narrative flow and style of the story um, and so he really developed this film to kind of test how American audiences would react to a more subtle brand of humor than they were used to as well um and so this film is really interesting for kind of both of those it doesn't have this like star-studded cast although now we look back and we're like wow um right. and you know it is like a very different type of humor than i think american audiences were used to at this point um like many that's, of his. that's really interesting
1: yeah. I, yeah, I never thought about that
0: yeah and then like many of his films this was obviously taken from a novel um The interesting thing, though, is so this novel was originally published in 1949 and is actually set in a post-war England, not in America. And there would have been some censorship issues with the original version, so it's pretty heavily adapted. Um, In the book, the young son, who has a different name, is the illegitimate son of an RAF pilot. Um, who was killed on a bombing raid, and Harry has married the unwed mother to prevent staining the family honor. So there's kind of more of that, like,
1: oh. you know, yeah, war overtone. That's, and... Right, because because Harry isn't, in the movie, he's not the father of the kid, but she was married previously to being married to Harry.
0: Well, she was married to his brother. So I think they, that's did, what it is, they yeah. did keep that, but I think this made the a little illeg- bit
1: more, yeah the illegitimate child part like couldn't have been in the movie because exactly. our 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 handy our, dandy hayes code
0: <laughs> our friend the hayes code so um that yeah so that was kind of interesting and then there's also an extra character in the book which is an unsavory war profiteer
1: that they didn't even
0: try to, they didn't even bother trying to bring him to vermont with us
1: yeah we don't we don't need him in vermont there's no unsavory war profiteers in vermont
0: but i was i was cracking up
1: I was like, that's so
0: weird You just added like a random billionaire art dealer instead or whatever i,
1: I love it You know, that's really interesting because I, when I was watching it, I didn't, I was like, because Edmund Gwen, I think is British or has a British or has some Mm -hmm. semblance of a British accent or something. So I'm like, but everybody else is American. So I'm just like, where are they? Like, are they supposed to be in England? Because it looks like the English countryside too. Yeah. But they're, then, you know, you find out that they're in Vermont and I'm just like, oh, that's interesting because it kind of looks like the English countryside but I guess it doesn't really matter like what countryside you're in like yeah it doesn't really matter but that's very interesting I um yeah there's no like war overtones of the movie at all
0: no which is interesting because I feel like some of his films do lean into that a little bit more and and have kind of more of a like you know
1: oh yeah what I think what I'm thinking of (laughs) You know like, what I'm like, Yeah, like a propaganda kind of situation. I don't,
0: propaganda or just kind of, you know, some type of, like, analysis of that or, yeah. you know... Yeah, I like think,
1: like... Political those, commentary is right. what I was trying to
0: say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... Yes, that's correct. That's, like, we saw that a little bit in The Lady Vanishes, and I think one that comes to mind, which I'm sure we'll discuss at some point, is The Foreign Correspondent, um, which is, like, a he- heavily, like, political commentary like, kind of American, pro-America, like, World War Two propaganda movie, um, which is really, which is really interesting, so yeah, you're right, he does have that a lot, but this one, he, he wasn't really going for that kind of a message.
0: No, not at all, so I think they really tried to strip out a lot of that, and at this point, too, I think when this was written, so in the end of the 1940s obviously like this was probably still pretty top of mind since it was such a recent lived experience but I think by 1955 most people were really not not like fully moved on but I think most people had kind of moved on from that or were looking to move on um and so it's probably it makes sense that it's not as big of a part of the story um so this film was shot in Craftsbury, Vermont and this is my favorite thing so they were like Just assumed when they went to shoot this film that it would be in full foliage and it would be like amazing. (laughs) And they roll up, and and, like there had been, I think, like a ton of storms that fall too. So (laughs) literally, there were like no leaves on any of the trees.
1: They're just (laughs) like, they're just like, well, (laughs) yeah, shit.
0: So these poor, like, I don't even know what their job would have been, like if they were production assistants or whatever. Had to glue the leaves (laughs) back onto the trees to, like, actually be able to film the movie.
1: Oh, my God. It's probably, like, the interns or whatever that did that. Oh, my God. That is so funny. And then,
0: isn't that hilarious? And then, like I mentioned, again, it was, like, a pretty stormy like fall, so there was so much rainfall that they also couldn't even really film where they were supposed to. So they ended up filming in this like school gymnasium in the town <laughs> that had a tin roof, and so the sound of the rain like basically effed up like all of the audio. So they had to like re-record
1: most of the audio from the. Oh my god, that is this, so like, funny. So <laughs> <laughs> they just they one hundred percent had this like very stereotypical yeah. like idea of what Vermont was gonna be like it was just not that
0: <laughs> yes and then it just was the opposite um and then just to make matters wor- worse like things were just really not in their favor while they were in that gym this like 500 pound camera fell from like a pretty big height and like narrowly missed alfred hitchcock but he like almost died <laughs> so that was pretty fun and then and he this, but still uh, he
1: was like but this is my
0: favorite movie <laughs> love this movie he's like loved it he's like honestly i finally felt something <laughs> in that moment in that camera almost he finally me. like found purpose in his life or whatever he did
1: oh my god he was like, his, this he's like this feels like right this feels thing. like this feels right <laughs> this feels right <laughs> i'm dying that is so funny yeah
0: that's, I was dying, yeah. But, yeah, clearly it didn't taint... Because, I mean, all these things sound terrible, but I wonder if maybe when he was recounting things later, which it sounds like that's where a lot of the... You know, this is his favorite movie, and he loved it was his top whatever um I feel like that was kind of towards the end of his life so maybe he had forgotten about like maybe
1: it's really interesting because you would never get like when you're watching the movie it's like pretty well made like there isn't like weird audio or like some movies there's some movies where you're watching it and you're like wow the audio is terrible yeah well this isn't this isn't one of them yeah
0: yeah again because I think they had to re-record most of it and then like basically dub everyone (laughs)
1: Everyone else is low-key like lip lip talking or dumped totally. over or whatever. Isn't that That's so funny. Oh my god. That's yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even notice. No, you like wouldn't I have. There. I
0: think they did a really good job like making it feel pretty seamless, but um, but I also think you know, Hitchcock loved like a challenge and this is also I think why he didn't like filming on location. He really preferred filming on set, and I think this probably was just adding fuel to
1: the fire. Oh my god. <laughs> I've I bet it was driving him crazy that he, like, literally couldn't control the weather. (laughs) It's just, like... It's, like, not controlling stuff is, like, his biggest, like, thing. Yeah, I thought that was amazing.
0: And then we'll dive a little bit into a couple of the actors. So, as we mentioned, this is Shirley MacLaine's first film, um, but in 1955, she was just, like, a chorus girl, and... One of, I think it was, I don't know if it was Hitchcock or like one of his assistants actually saw her like on a, in a Broadway production and she was subbing that night for somebody she was filling in. So it was like a very kind of like random circumstance that they even saw her. He had originally wanted either Grace Kelly or he had also considered the French actress Bridget Aubert, but didn't want her accent. But
1: anyway. I would have low-key loved Grace. Well, just because obviously anyone yeah. that's listened to every episode on this podcast knows that we are both obsessed with Grace. Yeah, we, we love, love her, we love her, but her. I love but Shirley. But I feel like yeah. it would have really yeah.
0: changed the movie because I feel like Shirley MacLaine has that like dark wit and like sense of humor, whereas I feel like Grace Kelly is kind of more like sexy and mysterious and breezy. Like her take on this would have been so different and I think it would have really changed the feel of the movie. I think
1: she could have performed comedically, but I don't think that it, we would have had the same delivery in like the like the dark like the proper way to deliver like dark comedy that yeah wouldn't make it super weird I don't know if that makes sense but
0: exactly but what I thought was cute because mm-hmm. we've talked about how problematic Hitchcock is with a lot of his leading ladies but actually him and Shirley McLean had like a really cute relationship oh that's good <laughs> they Yeah, he took her out for breakfast every single day. And, like, yeah, they just had, like, it sounded like a kind of a sweet friendship. Um, He thought of her as, like, a girl that needed to be fed because he knew she had just come from this life of basically being, like, a super broke, like, chorus line girl. and But it got to the point where the studio (laughs) was, like, she had, she, yeah, they were, like, please stop feeding her so much because she had gained, like, 15 pounds. And they were basically, like, if you keep... Like if you keep it on, like we're gonna fire you. Like your career's gonna be over before you even start.
1: Which is f- yeah, so f- that's super fucked up. But like, love that Hitchcock was like, "Fuck that! I'm buying her like ham and eggs or whatever." <laughs> that's very
0: sweet. Yeah, I know. I was like, it's so cute. So I thought that was cool because I
1: don't, I don't think that that's a side that we get to see with him a lot. And no, I think yeah, like as you said, he had a problematic. Um, kind of relationship with a, like a lot of his not I don't know about a lot but like the most infamous one is with Tippy Hedren and we know the kind of kind of
0: yeah but he was just really controlling and like about every aspect of what they were doing and it doesn't it doesn't sound like that was the case here and he usually he's like really weird about their wardrobe and really obsessed about all these different things and it doesn't sound it like sounds like, like he kind of just let really it right? all go
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> like wow yeah. whatever
0: he was like cool let's so like let's let's do it. Um, and then Jerry Mathers plays her son, um, which who you might recognize. I don't know if you ever have seen Leave It to
1: Beaver, but he was
0: he was Beaver Cleaver. Oh really?
1: Oh my God, yeah. that is so funny. Oh, we love a child actor. That's so cute. Oh yeah, so this
0: role really helped. Helped
1: propel him to the future. To a uh, 1950s family sitcom stardom. Oh, that's very yeah. cute. I love that. Beaver Cleaver. Aww. Yeah.
0: So that was cute. Some more fun facts, and then we'll I'll wrap it up with the reception. But, um, so, our favorite composer, Bernard Herrmann, who they work together pretty prolifically. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched, um, like, the actual, what is Alfred Hitchcock presents like his TV show
1: yeah I've seen a few episodes of it so for this film
0: Bernard Herman actually composed marionette funeral march of the marionette which is the theme song of Alfred Hitchcock presents they ended up not using it for this movie but Alfred Hitchcock loved it so much that, that actually oh became so the song for that was TV actually show. recorded for
1: this movie but they didn't use it oh wow that that's was interesting.
0: yeah they ended up not using it yeah which I thought was kind of cool yeah, and then the,
1: because
0: I was wondering about the paintings, I don't know if you were wondering about yeah, that too, I was like, 100%. Oh, what's the story here? So those were actually painted by this American Abstract Expressionist named John Farron, um, who was present, and he was, like, there during, like, all of the filming in Vermont, um, and he, like, in, he taught John Forsyth, like, basically how to, like, paint or, like, do these things so that it looked, like, realistic. Um, and Hitchcock was really interested in his work because he loved, like, the vivid use of color, which he thought would really match well with, like, the vivid colors of the New England fall.
1: Um, yes, the colors this, are very vivid in this movie. The t- it's, like, it's filmed in technicolor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super It's bright. very, very technicolor. Like, like yeah. very, like, Almost not realistic looking colors.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel believable. Yeah, which is,
1: it's like if you think of, if, if you think of the colors of like Wizard of Oz, which is like one of the, you know, famous uses of Technicolor, it's just like this weird, it's probably filmed some, it's probably filmed in three strip Technicolor. Which just makes these, like, primary colors, like, very, very, like, visible and obvious.
0: Yeah. But it works
1: for the kind of kind of weird narrative of the movie. And Vermont, like, you would expect it to be very colorful. So,
0: that's interesting. Exactly. I was going to say, it kind of plays in perfectly. And then, when they're sketching, you know, when he, like, draws the pastel version of, of Harry. So, that was actually done by Farron's wife, who is also a fine artist. Oh, that's really cool. And... Yeah, and they actually liked collaborating so much. He liked collaborating with Farron that um, he actually used him when that like that special sequence during Vertigo where there's the color, know, like the animation, yeah, the yeah. color things. So they actually worked together on that oh, later wow. because they really enjoyed. Collaborating so
1: he did all so those that. like that's animations cool. for that. Oh wow, interesting.
0: Yeah, wow, that's yep. very cool. <laughs> Love that. And then. Two more and then we're, and then we're done <laughs> with the fun, facts. Love, I I love love, the fun
1: fact. I love, I love a fun fact. I love a fun facts.
0: fact. So I don't know if you caught his cameo because this one happens real quick.
1: I'm trying to remember what, what was it? I think I, I think I did in the moment, but I didn't write it down when I was taking like watch notes.
0: Yeah. So it, like I didn't. I didn't even catch it. I got to the end and was like, wait, where was it? So it's twenty like a little over twenty two minutes in and it's when there's the old billionaire who's looking at the paintings. He walks past the limousine or like the fancy car and he's just in like a trench coat. But it's Oh, you, I didn't you can't I don't really tell it's him. Yeah,
1: no, I don't remember that.
0: <laughs> it was so subtle. And they don't really show his face, like you kind of see his silhouette. Yeah. But like I think they, it they did that in,
1: like, his cameo in Psycho, it's like, if you blink, you will miss it. It's so quick. It's similar. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, that's but funny. It's funny.
0: It's more zoomed in on that one. Like, you can at least kind of see his face. This one's, like, literally just his, like, body, which, I mean, maybe people were, like, very familiar with, like, his, <laughs> like, body shape or, like, silhouette. Oh, well, like, yeah. Actually, I, just, I think
1: like, people probably were.
0: <laughs> that's true. It is rather iconic. He's a little bulbous. <laughs>
1: that mean i'm sorry no i've just <laughs> never heard anybody describe another person as bulbous <laughs> but it's very true yeah anyway sorry no don't be sorry
0: not at about- all
1: i know don't, sorry. don't no. sorry. i mean i think he played into it it kind of became his brand <laughs> bulbous brand like
0: I mean, I feel like his, Alfred Hitchcock presents. I'm pretty sure is just a profile version of like his body, yes. which is, I guess, very recognizable. People knew, well, like, they're like, ah, yes,
1: ah, yes, <laughs> that bulbous figure.
0: <laughs> we know it must be Hitchcock. That's, re- that's um, really
1: funny. Well, yeah, no, I, I completely missed the cameo. That's not where I was thinking it was. So, yeah. So there, there
0: you wow, have it. Crazy. Well, let's. I'm gonna, um, yeah. I think we'll we can stop our fun facts okay. there. <laughs>
1: If so you have uh, another one you wanted to throw in, feel free.
0: Well, it's like not that interesting, but the corpse, who's played by Philip Truex, this was the last film he was ever in, so it's kind of sad for him.
1: <laughs> RIP to Truex's well, career, uh, apparently. <laughs> sounds like he died just as uh, just as quick as Harry died. <laughs> His career died. He,
0: apparently, Well, when you get demoted
1: yeah. to playing a literal corpse, I think your career is... Corpse
0: You've been like played out of Hollywood. Yeah. This is like the Oscars where people are like, K bye.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't even. I don't didn't even recognize him. I don't even remember what his face looks like to be honest. So
0: yeah, I mean, I feel like it just is very generic and nobody cares. No,
1: nobody cares. <laughs> this is true.
0: Nobody can be bothered. Um, and he, I guess he was the son of another actor named Ernest Truex, but I didn't know who that was. Don't know was, who that though. is. Either. There you go. Well, interesting. RIP. <laughs> RIP. Well, let's talk about the reception because sometimes Hitchcock's gamble paid off and sometimes it didn't. And this was one where it really did Oh it. no. <laughs> this was basically a box office flop. Oh no, like, that's so sad. That's really yeah, sad. it did not do well. It earned like three and a half million dollars in the US, um, but it ended up losing like basically five hundred thousand dollars oh
1: that's a bummer yikes yeah
0: so not not great people were pretty bummed about that um but the world premiere of this movie was held in vermont where it was shot which i was like the world premiere well maybe
1: that's why it didn't do well because there's like five people in vermont
0: yeah exactly um but i guess they had had like a pretty bad like winter so they had had this big flood so all of the revenue from that Oh my god. <laughs> premiere was donated to the flood victims. Of Vermont. Oh that's actually really sweet I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was it was really sweet and they he arranged for this premiere to take place at this like tiny movie theater in this small town called I don't know if it's Bar or if it's Bear Vermont it's B A R R E yeah. Vermont um and they were like so excited to like roll out the red carpet. Um, and they like everyone at this premiere were felt fed a Vermont themed meal. What is that? Uh,
1: what does that mean?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, let me tell you what this meal consisted of. It was freshly pressed
1: apple cider. Uh, love that.
0: Boiled Maine lobster with drawn butter. Oh my
1: god, yum. <laughs>
0: A tossed Vermont harvest salad. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so we should put a cute. recipe to this like meal on <laughs> Instagram. Page. I know.
0: I'm like, I kind of want to make this. It sounds delicious, but for some reason, when I read "tossed Vermont harvest salad," I just thought of like autumnal <laughs> leaves instead of lettuce. It's and just, then I was like that's
1: probably. It's not like massaged lit. in maple syrup, <laughs> just a bunch of <laughs> random leaves.
0: Mmm, delicious. <laughs> Wow. Um, apparently, there were other Vermont-y
1: items, but I'm like, I really wish they had gone into more detail. Yeah. Like,
0: I want to know. I know. Wait, that's <laughs> actually
1: so funny. That's really cute how excited this town was. This is probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in this town.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it truly was. And the people of this Vermont town were, like, so starstruck. They gave Shirley MacLaine this, like, red rose corsage on behalf of the town, and then they gave Hitchcock a... <laughs> A Vermont map made out of granite. I was just like, <laughs> why? why? I don't was know. he like? I how do you like, carry
1: that? That must be very heavy. I don't. I don't
0: know. I was like, maybe that was like a like a cool gift back then. Like, here's this like Vermont like shaped piece of granite. He's like, thanks. <laughs> Um, well, oh, so that's so That's The best part, sorry, oh I haven't even got Tell to me. Me. is that when this, so he actually became like very like pro Vermont. <laughs> he was like really into like promoting Vermont tourism because of this movie. <laughs> and if you had gone to the theater when this was released nationally, you were treated to a special opening film, which was a three-minute promotional short directed by Hitchcock called "Vermont Beautiful." The <laughs> the <laughs>
1: oh this. yeah we i don't we need know to, if
0: we could find it It has to exist if,
1: somewhere if we can we'll
0: try to post it on our instagram but i was dying. oh my
1: god <laughs> that is so funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> so apparently vermont really like really touched him Wow.
1: well that's you know great so glad about that <laughs> he really yeah. focused all of his attention on pleasing the vermont people and it sounds like nationally it did not do so well but hey as long as the people of vermont are happy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so oh my god but, i mean this film actually did pretty well in in england rome and france it played for Ro- like, over england rome and france <laughs> they were very specific i don't know why
1: like not italy just rome vermont england <laughs> rome and france <laughs> so random ah yes oh wow that is great well you know what maybe it was too ahead of its time in terms of dark humor but I feel like everyone our age now is like obsessed with morbid humor like that so highly recommend this movie I think it's really I think the way that it like plays out is so funny and it's definitely dry but it's definitely like if you're into it like if you're into that kind of comedy this movie is like chef's kiss it's so funny (laughs) yeah
0: yes it it's so good yeah. um and again it's just like it's such a nice contrast to some of his other films which can be very dark mm-hmm. or you know yeah i don't want to say heavy but they're definitely more of like a thriller yeah. and this is it's the antithesis 100
1: percent. it's very like fresh and it's very um mm-hmm. i i don't know i kind of like that it doesn't have like crazy star power i mean it's like you know it's not i think um when did this movie come out 1955 so, the same year that To Catch a Thief came out, and so, like, as much as we love To Catch a Thief, this is kind of, like, a fun departure from, like, it having is. these amazing, like, huge stars in a movie, but um, you can really focus on the plot and focus on, like, what the hell is going on in this film, it's, which yeah. is great. I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. So, all the movie lovers out there, 100% recommend this one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's so good, and if you haven't seen it, definitely mm-hmm. do. I also loved the intro. Yes, with the animation, yes, it's, it's so it's cute. really cute. And it's like perfectly
1: fifties. Oh yeah, too. Like I, it, I'm just. It's obsessed. a very fifties <laughs> feeling movie. Obviously, and it's just mm-hmm. uh, it's great. But um, yeah. Is there anything else oh. that you have on it? No, well, that that really wraps it up. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening to our episode on the trouble with Harry. We both love this movie because it's super weird, and we this is like uh, this just like just, just like, us. like us. This is literally like <laughs> this movie is like our specific type of comedy <laughs> too. So I just it's perfect. Um, but yeah, we hope you like this episode and that you enjoy the movie if you watch it, and definitely recommend a shrub cocktail. Uh, for your for your viewing pleasure as well, so or a Vermont themed <laughs> cocktail <laughs> or, if that's what or you're a Vermont themed dinner if that's what you're into. <laughs> but um, join us next week where we will be discussing, and I don't think Lydia knows what I have chosen for next week. Ooh, I'm I ha- but I think we talked about it, so maybe you do. But next week we're going to be discussing one of my favorite movies, Rebecca. Ooh, yeah. I can't so wait. So very different, oh, very so big pivot from this movie because that one is actually very gothic. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This
0: was kind of like the palate mm. cleanser. Now we can go back to like dark yeah. dark and broody yeah. Hitchcock. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to go back
1: to some dark and broody Hitchcock and talk about his only best picture winner, Rebecca. And um, so we hope you like this episode and... Um, yeah. New new episodes dropping every Monday. We're officially live, I believe,
0: on Apple and Spotify. So
1: sorry to be this pe- these people, but if you can, uh, if you if you felt like it, we would love if you would just like leave us a review, hit us with some likes on your favorite podcast streaming services. It would help bump up our um, presence on those sites. So if you if you like what you're listening to, or drop us a line in our DMs. Feel free to slide into our DMs. Nice. Oh, I was like, slide into our DMs if you want to say something I'm gonna cry to us. But also, if it's mean, we probably won't respond. So, um. anyway, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week and cheers again. Cheers.